Welcome, everyone, to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Munaf Manji, back in the saddle for another week in the association. And joining me, as usual, to help me break everything down that's happening in the association, you guys know him as the man that doesn't get any sleep. It's Sleepy J. Sleepy, how's it going, my friend? Uh, I didn't really get any sleep the last couple days, to be honest with you. It's one of those... uh... It's one of those hectic, hectic weeks, you know, you got bowl season, you got NFL playoffs here in a little bit. So, you know, they're adding, you know, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday games. It's a, it's a, it's a busy time of the year. So I probably won't get much sleep until after the NFL playoffs are over, but I'm excited because uh, there's a lot of great sporting events going on right now. Yeah, typically, like this is a time of year where if you have a, uh, I want to say like an office job or a job that's outside of sports media or or sports betting industry it's kind of low key but like like you mentioned for us being in the betting space and in the sports uh, arena it's a busy time of year for everything that you mentioned right because nfl season is winding down nba now people are starting to pay attention to the nba because i was on with aj and scott on straight out of vegas and you know they said that's when the NBA season starts for a lot of folks, is that Christmas Day games. But like you mentioned, we have bowl season, um, uh, college football playoff semifinals happening this weekend and the last two weeks of the NFL. So it's definitely a busy, busy, hectic time, which kind of just leads me into us, uh, Sleepy, that we do a segment of our Friday Five. And I'll toss this one to you about how busy that's been that we just haven't been able to keep up what's going on with the Friday Five. Yeah, so the last two weeks, Sleepy Sucks, I forgot to go ahead and post the Friday Five, even the week, even three weeks ago, went back and I realized I didn't lock the thread. I put it up really late and I only like seven people ended up being able to put their picks in. So um, it's not that... It's not that I can't do it, but by the time I get done editing this pod and trying to squeeze in other work, and I know it's basically just a simple post, but there's more work that goes into it. I have to go in there, copy all the picks from everybody, and especially if we end up with like a long uh, type of thread, like if we get like 30 guys, then I have to go in there and try to sort through everything, and it just it becomes a little bit of a pain in the rear end for me. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take off one more week. Next week, Manoff and I will be back. We'll do a Thursday, Friday podcast, but I think we got to get through at least some more of these bowl games and at least let my schedule calm down a little bit before I go ahead and get right back in the saddle and get back to like normal order of business. So no Friday five this week, but we will go ahead. We'll kick in an extra game for you guys to go ahead and consider for a pick there. Yeah. They don't call sleepy the hardest working man in the betting space for no reason. Um, so even last week recapping our picks, we took a little bit of a step back uh, the pod overall with our best bets and our player prop best bet ended up going one and two. Um, we're very, very fortunate, or at least I'm fortunate because I gave out the Wizards plus the 12 and it took a last second three point shot uh, by the Wizards to cover that number and kind of saves our save our tails a little bit on the NBA pod. But uh, Wizards uh, do get to the window plus the 12. Uh, we had the Joel Embiid under five and a half assist uh, as our player prop best bet last weekend. I know you and I were messaging back and forth, and uh, you pretty much said that Joel Embiid turned into John Stockton uh, in that uh, first half for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And you also have the Toronto Raptors that look really good uh, in the first half there, but the Philadelphia 76ers were able to pull away uh, and cover the number against the Toronto Raptors. But 
um you know we'll, we'll we're gonna get back on the winning ways here uh, on this episode here sleepy but anything from last week you want to mention no it was surprising though that Embiid went out and had you know the first quarter second quarter that he did I mean we were dead before halftime I think he had six assists in like yeah. the first half so I was like man that was a that was a pick that I did not expect you know I expected him to go out there and have a ton of points in that game because didn't he just go for what was it like three games in a row 40 points or more and I was like, right. you know, he's going to go for, you know, another 40-point game. And I think he started out a little bit cold or one of the other Sixers started out really hot. And um, everything that he was doing when it came to assisting the basketball was just going in. So uh, bad pick by myself. I kind of let off with that one there last week. So that one's on me. I think we're going to bounce back this week, though, with our player prop. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're still having a great uh, season as far as our player prop best bet. So we're going to get back on the winning ways, not only for our best bets, but also uh, for our player prop best bet. A lot of things happening, Sleepy, in the NBA, a league that never really sleeps. And we saw the return of John Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think it's to no one's surprise, getting your best player uh, back on your team is only going to make you uh, better. And in the four games that John Morant has played in since he returned from his suspension for the Memphis Grizzlies, the Grizzlies 4-0 straight up in those games and in come-from-behind fashion in two of those games against the New Orleans Pelicans. The first game he did return in dramatic fashion where he hit the game-winning layup against the Pelicans. And they played him a few nights later, I think about a week later, and they were able to come from behind in that second half, force overtime and get another victory against the Pelicans. I know he did uh, sit out on the Thursday night game uh, against, the, I believe, the Denver Nuggets uh, with an illness, but they are in a back-to-back situation. But what have you kind of seen from this uh, Memphis Grizzlies team with the return of John Morant? Well, I'm not surprised that the Grizzlies have been winning games. I mean, John Morant, he's a really good basketball player, and unfortunately, he's he's really poor at making you know, decisions, at least mature, mature decisions, you know, um, running around, waving a gun and stuff like that on camera and in the club and wherever else he's doing it and, you know, threatening kids or whatever he did, you know, that's just, it's just immature. It's just, in, it's just stupid, but yeah. the Grizzlies without John Morant, they're not really all that great of a team. I expected them to have a little bit better of a record, but probably not much better than than where they were at when when Ja ended up stepping back. You know, Manoff, I went ahead and I sold a pick about 10 days ago to my clients. It was the day that Ja Morant was going to return. It wasn't on that particular game, but in my write-up, I had a little footnote on there, and I said, the Memphis Grizzlies right now to make the playoffs are 13-1. to At that time, I told my clients, go ahead, buy up some Grizzlies to go ahead and make the playoffs before John Morant even plays in his first game back. Sure enough, he plays, they go out there, they beat the Pelicans. And I'm like sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, 13 to one, this is probably going to drop quite a bit. He just makes that team so much better. And I'm looking at their remaining schedule. I think they have 55 games left or somewhere in that area. You know, when Jock came back, he came back, what, 25 games. So, you know, you figure what, 50, 57 games total. I'm like, that team could still make the playoffs. They were literally, I think they were like seven, seven and a half games out from, I think, like the 10 seed. So I'm sitting there doing some math and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, 13 to one with this team, with John Morant back on the court, they could legitimately make the playoffs. 
Well, I went ahead, I checked today after four straight wins. The Grizzlies are now plus 320 to make the playoffs. So you gained a ton of value. And with a pick like that and going ahead and, and you know, finding those spots and attacking, you know, particular situations, you can get a lot of value. And I think what's going to happen, and this is how I'm going to play this, I think the Grizzlies stand a pretty good chance to end up in like an elimination game. And I think I'm probably just going to go ahead and suggest to my clients that we start hedging out at that point because we have a 13-1 to ticket. They can go off as being a favorite. They can go off as being a slight underdog no matter who they play. But I think that at that time, and I'm not sitting here pounding my chest about it, I'm just saying John Morant makes this team so much better that anybody with a brain probably should have at least been looking to see what those odds were in the 13 to one. I said, you know what, that, that's certainly worth the bet. So I have a 13 to one ticket in my pocket. I'll probably end up hedging out, you know, when, when, and if, and hopefully the Grizzlies end up in, you know, an elimination game. But when John Morant's on the floor with this team, this team is just so much better. He makes everybody around him better. He brings energy like nobody else can bring to a basketball team. So I do not see uh, any type of step back here for the Grizzlies, unless John Morant does something stupid because he's just that damn good and he makes that team so much better. So it's not like we haven't seen the Grizzlies win games before. I mean, they've been a good basketball team the last couple of years, especially since Ja got there. So um, that's kind of my, my feelings, you know, with, with the Grizzlies and John Morant. They're going to win games. Hopefully you guys uh, picked up my play there at pregame.com and read that and went ahead and bet that. But this is a team I don't expect to take a step back, Manoff. Yeah, 100%. Again, you also mentioned with John Morant coming back, they're also missing some key players in that rotation as well, right? Um, Luke Kennard, they're one of their better three-point shooters. He's been out for some time dealing with a left knee injury. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, their offseason acquisition, he missed the past several weeks uh, with an injury. He's returning for this Memphis Grizzlies team as well. Um, you know, Jake LaRivia coming off of the bench for them, who's a two-way player. Uh, Santi Aldama, who's dealing with an illness as well. So they're getting guys back and something similar to you know, what we talked about with the New Orleans Pelicans as well is that they got some of their horses back and their that team is finally healthy and playing well now. And now same thing with the Memphis Grizzlies. They got their superstar, their best player back in John Moran. They're solely also going to get some of their role players back as well. So this team right now, like you mentioned, that picking up that 13 to 1, 14 to 1 ticket for them to make the playoffs was the opportunity that you needed to take advantage of. Uh, when you saw John Moran return. And now, like we mentioned, with John Moran back, they had won four games in a row. And now in the Western Conference, you would take a look at it. They're only, uh, let's see, four and a half games behind the Phoenix Suns for that 10th seed. Um, and if you want to take that a step further, only five games behind the 8th and ninth seed in the Western Conference right now, which are the Houston Rockets and the Los Angeles Lakers. And again, a lot of basketball still left to be played in the season. Uh, so again, when like you mentioned, when we get closer to approaching the play-in tournament time, and you know the playoffs, that if John Morant, number one, is able to be smart and not make more mistakes and stay healthy, this Memphis team definitely has an opportunity to sneak into that play-in tournament bracket. And at that point, like you mentioned, Sleepy, um, you, you you have that great opportunity to uh, hedge your bet. Uh, you know, that you gave out to your client. So that was a 100% a very sharp uh, bet to pick up for the Memphis Grizzlies to make the playoffs. A team that Sleepy has been struggling a little bit, had had a lot of hype coming in to this season with their big three, was the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, with the acquisition of Kevin Durant uh, last season, paired with Devin Booker, and they added Bradley Beal, who, 
uh, looks like he is going to be returning for this uh, men- sorry for this Phoenix Suns team on Friday. Possibly, you know, he dealt with that ankle injury that he suffered a couple of weeks back. Um, the latest report that I did see that he was upgraded to questionable in the Friday game against the Charlotte Hornets. But we saw uh, reports coming out that maybe again Kevin Durant is not happy with the state of the Phoenix Suns right now. They did pick up a victory against the Houston Rockets in blowout fashion. But what do you make of this Phoenix uh, Suns team right now? Because when you have these three caliber players like Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, your depth is going to suffer a little bit because, number one, the amount of money that you have tied up with those players. And if a player like Bradley Beal, who has been out for some time, we also saw Kevin Durant in and out of the lineup and Devin Booker in and out of the lineup as well, that that depth can take you only so far. So for this Phoenix Suns team right now, having those three guys on the floor is very imperative for their success. But what have you kind of felt about this Phoenix Suns team over the past couple of weeks here with the frustration of Kevin Durant? Well, I'm not really worried about it. I mean, right now the Suns are 14 and 14 on the season, and they were one of the title favorites coming into the season, and they should be. But when you don't have Beal on the floor for – you know, how many games Booker missed nine games this year. Nurkic missed two, two of the last three. KD missed four. Grayson Allen missed five games. You know, the big three, I mean, would they play together? Like one or two games all, all season long. So, you know, when you when you don't have a title team virtually on the floor night in and night out all season long to go ahead and work with and practice with, I can see KD going ahead and being frustrated with that because he understands what it takes to be a title team. And being 14 and 14 at this point of the year, you know, with the entire, basically the entire starting roster being out for countless games, that has to fuel his thought process as, as a guy who's won a title before. And there also, I mean, there has to be a process to winning a title and, and KD probably right now, just, he doesn't see it. I think the good news is that the Suns are 14 and 14, that they are fourth in the West, you know, despite the unhealthy lineup pretty much all season long. Maybe it's just a push to go ahead and say, you know, let's get back in action. Let's all gut through, you know, the nicks and the scrapes and push the doctors and the training staff to push guys into the lineup instead of out of the lineup. And maybe that's why, you know, Beal's going to end up coming back listed as questionable. Don't be shocked if if that's a push from KD saying, you know what, all these little nicks and scrapes, that, that, that shit needs to stop. Like we need to be on the floor because we have a title team, but we're not going to be able to get it together in time. And I think one of the things here, Manoff, that it this is something that that we don't necessarily always think about, but I think that this is a kind of a call to management to say we're really shy with our depth. We need to go ahead and we need to get our starting five on the floor so we can show you guys what we have and what we don't have and what we're going to need. But when guys are constantly out of the lineup, the the brass, the GM, they're going to be you know, a whole hell of a lot more hesitant to go ahead and pull the trigger and say, yeah, let's bring this guy in, let's bring this guy in, not knowing if it's going to work, at least if if the head coach and the players are all on board saying, yeah, you know, let's make an addition here, an addition here, because we know that this is going to work and there's a lot more confidence behind that, then I think the GMs are, are you know, more willing to go ahead and make, you know, smart decisions, but they can't when you have a lot of unclear data. So I'm not worried about the Suns. I think that they're going to be fine, but I think overall, more than anything, I think KD's just saying, we need to get this damn basketball team on the floor, go out here and play Phoenix on basketball like we expected to be a title contender 
like we expected, and let's get the shit in motion. That's what I think KD's doing. I think that's a good thing because that shows that he's a leader, that he cares. And how many interviews have you seen enough where KD just says, I just want to go out there and ball. I want to go out there and play basketball. That's all I want to do. And um, he's just probably frustrated that he can't do that with his, you know, quote unquote team. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree with you, right? Again, we talked about teams like the Clippers this season that were kind of going through those growing pains, having guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, we talked about when they traded for James Harden, uh, that they were going to go through those growing pains. And now, right now, the Clippers are sitting that number four spot in the with a record of 18 and 12. And I think that's something similar that the Phoenix Suns are going through. I know that they don't, they don't have the depth right now that the Clippers do, uh, but when you have those three type of caliber of players on your roster and healthy and playing together, they're going to be a very difficult team to stop uh, on the offensive side. It's just my concern for this Phoenix Suns team is that are they going to be able to number one to stay consistent and what they, what can they show me on the defensive side of the basketball? Because Frank Vogel has been a coach that's more defensive minded. And we saw that when he led the Lakers to the championship in the bubble, that they were a very good defensive team. So if they're able to buy in on the defensive end with all the offensive talent that they already do have, um, with the big three, I think they're going to be just fine as well. Right now, like you mentioned, they are sitting that 10th spot in the Western Conference, sitting at 500. They're only two and a half games back of the sixth seed of the Dallas Mavericks. So um, hopefully they do get Bradley Beal back on Friday, if not their next game for sure. And then we'll be able to see what this big three is capable of doing when they are on the floor and playing together. So maybe turning the page here. Uh, let's get into the Friday card here. Another uh, exciting couple of matchups here. We'll start in the Eastern Conference with the Milwaukee Bucks. They are visiting the Cleveland Cavaliers in this game. Uh, currently, as it stands, the Milwaukee Bucks are a five-point road favorite in this game uh, with a total sitting at 239 in this game. And looking at the injury report uh, very early on here for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, I do see that everybody is uh, healthy and uh, will be playing in this game. The one questionable tag that we are going to be waiting for for the Cleveland side is going to be Donovan Mitchell, who's been out for the past several games uh, dealing with an illness, but officially listed as questionable right now uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Sleepy, right now, Milwaukee Bucks laying the five points on the road in Cleveland. What are you thinking about this game? I think this is the the Bucks game to lose in a sense. They always seem like they want to make a statement at certain times, and I think if Mitchell does play, that the Bucks take this game really, really serious. This is going to be the first meeting with these teams all year long, and I'm not really looking at the side. I'm looking more at the total. I think Mitchell will play. He went ahead. He took part of shoot around in the last game against Dallas, but he ended up being a late scratch, so maybe they just wanted to give him an extra day, a day and a half rest, so... I fully expect him to go ahead and play. But you and I talked about the Bucks earlier on in the year that they kind of changed their identity when they brought Dame Lillard in, that they wanted to be a team that was able to run and gun you know, with the Golden State Warriors, with the Boston Celtics, with these high-paced, high-scoring teams. And they kind of got away from defense. And I think now that they're going to have Donovan Mitchell, and he's a guy that will push you to go ahead and, and push the pace because he can score so great. But I think that it's the first meeting and they know what they're uh, what they're really trying to get at the Bucks, that they they want to get the Cavs in in a run and gun type of situation because now they have Dame Lillard on their side. So I like the over in this game. I think we see a ton of points, especially if Mitchell plays two thirty nine and a half. 
Uh, I feel like that number looks high on the surface, but I wouldn't be shocked if this number closed, you know, somewhere in that 243 area, 244 area, once Mitchell goes ahead and gets ruled in. So I like the over in this one, not really looking for a side here, but um, overall, I just think the Bucks are just going to look to go ahead and run a gun here in this first meeting. So that's where I'm at on the game. I like the over. Yeah, Milwaukee over the last five games are the second best offensive rated team right now with a offensive rating of 124.7. In Cleveland, they are still top 10, even without uh, Donovan Mitchell, who has messed uh, the past several games. Like I mentioned, the last game that he did play for the um, Cleveland Cavaliers was on Monday, December 18th against the Houston Rockets in a game where he did drop 37 points in that game. And again, if he is able to go in this game uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, I do expect them uh, to be in a shootout here. I lean here with the Milwaukee Bucks um, on the minus five here, but I agree with you right now. This total is sitting at thir- 239, and it's crazy to think, Sleepy, that the norm right now as far as some of these totals go or for majority of the games right now has been in the range of 235 to around 240 points just because how the league has transpired and it's turned into an offensive um, you know, it's all turned into an offensive game. You know, back in the 90s, we saw a hard-nosed defense being played, but right now it's all been about playing with pace and, and you know, offensive efficiency and those type of anal- analytics. But I think it's going to be a fun matchup between these two squads. I agree with you about the over, but I'll just sort of do like the Bucks side here, minus five uh, on the road here against the um, Cleveland Cavaliers. Also, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks this season uh, on the road, they are nine and four towards the over averaging close to 244 points per game um and again like you mentioned we talked about it earlier this season with the milwaukee bucks team that they were also going to go through some growing pains because you had a dynamic player like damian lillard coming into this uh onto this team and them changing their identity a little bit and you know trying to keep up with you know the offense that some of these other teams like the boston celtics the philadelphia 76ers are putting out and not that they were not doing that when they had drew holiday there but i think when you add a guy like damian lillard it's definitely going to uh only make you better on the offensive side of the basketball so i do agree with you about the over uh 239 in this game going over to the western conference here sleepy we have the oklahoma city thunder they are headed to the mile high city to take on the denver nuggets and currently as it stands the denver nuggets are a three and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 229 and a half um the denver nuggets are in action on thursday night they are hosting the memphis grizzlies so they will be in a back-to-back home and home situation here um as they wait uh, as the oklahoma city thunder uh, are on deck for them but right now three and a half in favor of the uh, denver nuggets you're sleepy what are you thinking about this spread well without the result of the nuggets memphis game i probably won't want any part of the nuggets it would be okc or nothing for me uh, i would go ahead i would take the points here i mean they could win this game outright the last time they played this nuggets team they ended up beating them and i do not believe that the nuggets were on a back-to-back going into that game and sga did play in that game uh, OKC right now, I mean, they're a good team. I mean, they're 20-9 and nine on the year. I think that their road record is um, it's not bad. It's not like they're just performing, you know, really, really good at home and, and, and terrible on the road. This is a good basketball team. I think that they 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 realize all the pieces that they finally have now and off, and, and they know where all these guys kind of work. And uh, a team that was a little bit depth shy, you know, for 
for a, a little bit of time, it seems like now they, they have some depth. Like you have a guy like Isaiah Joe coming off the bench that can go out there and fill it up. So I think this team actually feels really good about who, who they are and where they're at. I don't, I don't know if OKC expected themselves to be here as a number two seed, but I mean, that has to at least grow confidence in, in the entire lineup, you know, that they are a good basketball team. And once you start believing in yourself, you can start believing that you could take down some of the best teams. And I think that this is one of the things that, you know, a lot of people weren't thinking about in the beginning of the year when people were talking about season win totals. The champion always has a target on their back. And it's not that I did not think that the Denver Nuggets deserved to win last year. But overall, when you take a look at the entire league, I thought there were a couple teams that were slightly better than the Nuggets when all was said and done. But now you got to go up against the MVP in the league and Jokic and in a seven-game series, you know, it's, it's tough to go ahead and beat these teams, especially the good ones. So uh, I don't want to take anything away from the Nuggets, but they clearly have a target on their back. And when you have a young upcoming team who already beat you this season and you're going to come off of a back-to-back, I don't think I can go ahead and look at the Nuggets here. So it would be OKC plus the points for me. That would be the only way I look in that game. Well, I'm glad you say that because my best bet is in this game, actually, and I am taking the Oklahoma City Thunder on the spread here, plus three and a half as they are in Denver for this game. And, you know, you mentioned it that this Thunder team matches up very well against this uh, Denver Nuggets team for whatever reason. And since the 2021 uh, season, the uh, excuse me, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder against this Denver Nuggets team are seven and three against the spread and uh in actually denver they're actually five and oh against the spread against this uh, denver nuggets team and like you mentioned right the depth on this team which was a concern for uh this thunder team has improved obviously they got chet holmgren back after he missed the entire rookie or his uh what was supposed to be his rookie year last season with a foot injury he's looking really good for this uh, oklahoma city thunder team both Jalen Williams on this team um, have really stepped up not only last season, but it's also transpired uh, to this season for them as well. So, and like you mentioned, I, I, it, we've talked about this uh, earlier in the season is that you're hundred percent correct that anytime that you're a defending world champion, you're going to get the best effort from every single team, no matter where you're playing, whether it's at home or whether it's on, on the road. And you take a look at the Oklahoma city thunder this season, Overall, they are the best team against the spread with a record of 28 and one covering 71.4%. And they've also been the best uh, team covering the spread on the road this season with a record of eight, three and one against spread at 72.7%. And I love what I've seen from SGA this season. I mean, he should be in that conversation for MVP. He doesn't get the accolades that some of these bigger stars get just because he's in a smaller market, but I don't think he cares about that. I think he just wants to go out and win basketball games. So I think this is a great matchup here for the Thunder. Like I mentioned, they've had the success against this uh, Denver uh, Nuggets team. Denver on back-to-back situations this season are three and four against the spread. I know it's not a travel situation uh, for the Denver Nuggets because it is going to be a home-and-home back-to-back for them. But I do think that the Oklahoma City Thunder coming here at minimum cover the spread of of the plus three and a half. And like you mentioned, that they also are live to win this game here. Uh, against the Denver Nuggets on Friday night. Currently, that money line uh, number is sitting around plus 130, plus 135 uh, in favor of the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that is going to be my best bet uh, for this podcast. Oklahoma City Thunder plus a three and a half on the road against the Denver Nuggets. Well, that's music to my ears. I'm happy you uh, I'm happy you agree. Yeah, 100%. And I, 
I, I was trying to bait you and see where you were going to go with this game, but I'm glad uh, you landed uh, on my side of the best bet here. So hopefully that one does get to the window for us and for uh, the podcast here. So we have a team that we talked about uh, earlier in the Phoenix Suns. They are going to be hosting a very wounded Charlotte Hornets team uh, on their home floor in Phoenix. Uh, currently, the Phoenix Suns are a 15-point home favorite against the Charlotte Hornets with a total of 234 and a half. And another team that is going to be on a back-to-back travel situation is going to be the Charlotte Hornets. They do play the LA Lakers on Thursday night. They will be traveling from LA to Phoenix to take on the Suns. And this team has been decimated by injuries right now are the Charlotte Hornets. And we mentioned that they're already going to be without LaMelo Ball. We knew that. And I we just saw a note that came across that Gordon Hayward, uh, it's that time of the season where he's going to be missing some time for this Charlotte Hornets team. He's going to be out for at least two weeks with a calf injury. Brandon Miller has also been questionable for this team as well. Uh, their starting center, Mark Williams, has been dealing with a back injury, and he's been listed as doubtful more times than not over the past several weeks. And like we talked about for the Phoenix Suns team, that Bradley Beal upgraded to questionable coming back from the light uh, right ankle sprain. Uh, Josh Okelge is also questionable for this game, but you still have Devin Booker. You still have Kevin Durant. Uh, Eric Gordon had a great game against his former team in the Houston Rockets, and you also got Yusuf Nurkic back, who's out for some personal reasons. But it uh, looks like their starting five may be intact for this game against the Charlotte Hornets. But 15 points right now, sleepy in favor of the Phoenix Suns. What are you thinking about the spread here? I mean, it's a ton of points to go ahead and lay here with the Suns. And I think the one of the things that we can probably assume here with this Charlotte Hornets team is that they're going to go out there and they're going to play tough basketball. They're going to go out there and play the best basketball that they can. But when you don't have LaMelo Ball, you're talking about Gordon Hayward now is going to end up missing time. At some point, this team is is they're they're just going to pull the plug. And I think that, you know, when you have teams tanking like the Pistons, like the Spurs, at some point you have to start thinking about your future because the only future that the Charlotte Hornets have right now, you know, with seven wins on the year is to not make the playoffs unless they get really healthy and really good really quick. Um, at some point, this team will will pull the plug here. But I think it all kind of goes back to what we were just talking about a little while ago with KD and the frustration and getting these guys on the floor. KD had one of the best games of his career the last time out. I mean, the dude was was clearly upset and and he kind of voiced his opinion about that I think it was a little bit I don't think it was necessarily a ton of frustration I think it was more of him just kind of replying back to somebody on Twitter but I think he he kind of was um able to go ahead and and get some things in motion with his comments but I think overall it's it's going to be tough to go ahead and play the Hornets here especially in the back to back I think like I was just saying like they're they're going to go out there and they're going to fight who are you going to fight against? Every team always fights against the Lakers, especially in L.A. So I could see the Hornets going out there, pushing the starters out there for as long as possible. You know, if Gordon's not going to play, maybe you know, maybe Miller ends up sitting or something like that. This could be a team that gets absolutely blown off the floor. That's kind of what I expect here. I think the Suns go ahead and they circle the wagons with all these guys on the floor. And I really think they put together a really great game. I don't know if you saw the game couple days ago there, Manoff, where Grayson Allen ended up having an excellent game where the Suns ended up losing. But I think it's things like that, that KD is probably frustrated where he's like, if we could have somebody come out here like a Grayson Allen and I only have to shoot the ball eight times a game and he can go out here and score 32 points and go eight for, you know, 17 from deep, that's how you were going to win a title. 
Like it's not you can't just rely on two guys because when you get further and further in the playoffs and deeper and deeper, you have teams that defensively can shut down your best guys and it's the role players. That's what we always talk about when we end up in, you know, getting to the finals in in the Western Eastern Conference finals. It's the role players that really have to step up. And letting Grayson Allen go ahead and do that, I think that that might have might have been some of of Katie's frustration saying, you know, we have pieces here. We need to get this crap in order and let these let these other guys that could play really good basketball, let them go out there and play and let's get the pieces of the puzzle, you know, all the kind of mixed together. So I like them in this game. It's 15 points. I know it's a lot, but I would lay it here with the Suns. I would not take it with the Hornets on a back-to-back because I feel like they're going to give everything against the Lakers, probably come up short, little dejected. And, uh, you know, we got the holidays. It's right in the, I don't like road trips. I don't like road teams and road trips in the middle of the, of the Christmas and New Year's break. So, yeah, it'd be the Suns for me. I mean, look, the Hornets have been one of the worst uh, defenses on the road this season, right? There's a second-worst defensive-rated team only behind the Indiana Pacers. We also take a look at their numbers, ATS, on the road for the Charlotte Hornets. 3-10 and 10 straight up on the road, 5-8 and eight against the spread. They are 8-5 and five towards the over. They're giving up 122.5 points per game on the road uh, thus far this season. And that's obviously not going to lead to very many wins when you're giving up close to 123 points per game uh this season but i mean you mentioned right especially with all the injuries that they're dealing with right now uh, you know lamella ball being out and you know now gordon hayward i mean those are two of your key guys in that starting lineup and now you're relying on some of the depth pieces on your charlotte hornets team to compensate for what those two two guys have been able to do and there's only so much that terry rogier is going to be able to do with this team i know you still have depth pieces like in guys like pj washington and miles bridges um but I think the front court depth right now has been really suffering. And that's where the defense has really fallen off for the Charlotte Hornets team. Because again, they don't have that anchor at that center position to give them that rim protection. And now you have to go up against a team like the Phoenix Suns, who you have three guys in that lineup at minimum that can attack the basket and get easy, uh, you know, finishes around the baskets and also get to the free throw line. And the Hornets, this season on back-to-back situations, 0-3 straight up, 1-2 against the spread. They're giving up 127 points per game over the three games that they are in back-to-back situations. They gave up 124 to the Dallas Mavericks, 122 to the New York Knicks, and then they gave up 135 in their last back-to-back situation on the road back on December 16th to the Philadelphia 76ers in a game where they lost by 53 points. So. um I would look at the Suns team totals in this game, whether it's in the first quarter, first half, or even full game. I think they have a lot of success on the offensive side of the basketball. And again, I would lean here with the Phoenix Suns here as well. And like you mentioned, it is a big number, but I do think that the Phoenix Suns coming off the victory against the Houston Rockets, you know, that's a lot of times people say that winning, you know, cures things, um, especially in sports, right? And I think that's some momentum that they can carry over into this game against one of the poorest teams in the uh, National Basketball Association. So Phoenix Suns team totals for me, and also I'm with you. I will lean here with the Phoenix Suns minus the 15 on their home floor. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got like a salary chopped up, and... Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people 
who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Sleepy, let's get over to your best bet for the Friday night card. What do you have for the people as your best bet? All right, my best bet, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the Spurs and the Blazers over the total of 232 and a half. And I only want to go ahead and make this wager if Anthony Simons plays. I think he will play here. I think he's going to be key in this game. I would play this now because I think if he plays that this number probably goes up. I would say maybe it goes up to like 236, somewhere in that area. If he sits and we make this wager now, I would just recommend going ahead, hedging, getting off that wager. But you know, if he does play, he will be key for the Blazers' pace and their scoring. I'm not really feeling the Spurs guarding the point guard position at all. Uh, many point guards go ahead and they chew up that Spurs defense, but I think that the Spurs offense will have a lot of success because the Portland Trailblazers are going to be without DeAndre Ayton. So I feel like it's kind of like an inside-outside type of game where you're going to get points from the Blazers on the outside, you're going to get points from the Spurs on the inside, and both teams are probably going to be able to do whatever they want. But I think you know having some of the uh, some of the advantages and X's and O's and stuff like that here that this game probably goes over the total. Again, that's only if Anthony Simons plays. I would go ahead and make that bet. I think that's a great bet here. So I would go ahead and play that best bet Spurs Blazers over 232 and a half. Yeah, these are two teams that I do not trust defensively at all, right? San Antonio's defensive numbers speak for themselves. Um, I know they are good. They are in that kind of home and home situation, but they are playing on Thursday night and then again on Friday night. But a league wide trend this season in the NBA is that teams that are on back-to-back situations, the over is cashing at 60%, 85, 57, and 2 
nearly 60% towards the over. So um, when you talk about these two teams that again, Anthony Simons is a key piece, obviously for that Portland Trail Blazers team. And also for the San Antonio Spurs, I talked about right defensively, just not very good this season. Uh, I know on the road this season, they are bottom 10 as far as defensive rating goes. Um, and Portland, also a team that has had guys that have been in and out of the lineup, right? We talked about the Jeremy Grants of the world that was in the pro- uh, concussion protocol. Malcolm Brogdon, who was also had missed some time for the backcourt of the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Scoot Henderson, also their first round draft pick, was also missing some time here. So those are key guys, in not only in that starting lineup, but coming off of the bench for this team that can put the ball inside the basket. So I do expect to see pace in this game between these two teams as well. Uh, defense will definitely be questionable between these two squads. And we take a look at the pace numbers. Uh, both teams right now, at least over the last five games, have been uh, above league average when it, when it does come to pace. So I uh, do expect to see some up and down in this game uh, between the Spurs and the Trailblazers. So maybe a lot of great things happening right now. Like we talked about at the top of this episode, it's a very busy time, uh, not only in the NBA season and on the hardwood, but with bowl season going on with uh, NFL season winding down and guess getting into the playoffs, NHL is in full swing as well. What are the great things that are happening on pregame.com right now that our, our listeners can take advantage of? Well, I think the one thing that they probably want to take advantage of are with all the college football bowl games happening this weekend, uh, a lot of the pros are putting out their picks and uh, they have, you know, multiple picks on a package and you guys can save $30 off any pick package if you just simply enter code PARTY30 or you guys can, uh, and this is something that, that comes up always at this time of year, is that pros will go ahead and they'll they'll drop game of the years. This is just one of the times of the year, not only in college football, but also the NFL, because motivation is is key at this point. So handicappers are really looking forward to, you know, hey, this team might not play this guy. They might not care, whatever the case might be. And you start to see a lot of game of the years at this time of year. And uh, you guys go ahead and save on them. So you might even get them in, in, a, in a particular weekend package as well. So um, not only instead of just paying for one single pick, you guys can get like the entire weekend. That's personally what I would do because you're going to get multiple picks. There probably will be some game of the years in there as well. So you could save $30 on that. Simply enter code PARTY30 at checkout at pregame.com. There we go. Make sure, again, bowl season, NFL, a lot of great things happening right now, uh, not only in the sports world, but, again, make sure to take advantage of it with all the pros putting in the work at pregame.com. Sleepy, like we talked about at the top of the episode, we did fall short a little bit on our player prop best bet on the Joel Embiid under the assist. But hey, looks like we found uh, another winner here, hopefully on the Friday night card. And we're going to go over to that game between the Atlanta Hawks uh, hosting the Sacramento Kings. Currently, the line in that game is uh, almost a pick em. The Atlanta Hawks are a slight home favorite here of minus one with a total of 250 and a half. And we're looking at Sacramento Kings point guard De'Aaron Fox to go over his point total right now. And that number is sitting at 30 and a half. And number one, Sleepy, when you and I were discussing our player prop best bet, I think the first um, note that came or the first thing that we did look at was the total in this game, right? 250 and a half. So you're expecting uh, a lot of points to be put up by these two teams. And again, these are two teams are great offensive teams when you talk about the guard play for both teams, right? 
the Atlanta Hawks obviously having Trey Young, DeJounte Murray. For the Sacramento Kings, we know they're a team led by De'Aaron Fox, uh, uh, Demonis Sabonis, uh, Malik Monk coming off of the bench for this team, uh, Keegan Murray uh, as well. But when we talk about this Kings team, when we've seen the numbers with and without De'Aaron Fox on the floor, and this team is one of the better offensive teams when they do have De'Aaron Fox on the floor, and they play at a very faster pace when De'Aaron Fox is on the floor. So we're looking at De'Aaron Fox as our player prop best bet over 30 and a half points. And on the season, Sleepy, he's at right, averaging right at 30.2 points per game. Um, we take a look at what he did in the last game against the Portland Trailblazers, had an incredible shooting night. 16 of 26 from the floor, knocked down seven of his 15 three-point shots, uh, had 43 points that game. But again, I think this for us is going to be a game where I think that whether it's DeJounte Murray guarding uh, De'Aaron Fox or it's Trey Young, he's a matchup nightmare for any team or any uh, defensive player in this league. So I think that's a great uh, number that we are probably that we have found is our best bet in De'Aaron Fox over 30 and a half points here, Sleepy. Yeah, I'm with you. 30 and a half points is his average. I mean, it doesn't really make any sense, right? I mean, the total in this game is 250 and a half. This number should probably be maybe 34 and a half. I would say, you know what? I won't play that. I could still see him getting 35 or 40 in this game. I think that that's, that's totally within, within reason. One of the reasons why you and I kind of like this pick here. But I, I was going through and I'm looking at Fox and I'm like, well, let me go through and look at like, probably like the really high, high total games. And De'Aaron Fox missed a lot of those games against some of the worst defensive teams in the league. But if you go through and you go through his game log and you look at the teams that, like a Washington Wizards type of team or something like that, uh, went over this total. Uh, you just mentioned the Blazers went had a monster game. So some of the worst defensive teams in the league, he hasn't had a chance to play. But when he has played them, he's had big games. And obviously the Hawks, not a very good defensive team. Again, total 250 and a half. This line should probably be like 34 and a half. Like that's, I feel like that should be like the true line. That would be the line where Sleepy says, you know what? I'm probably not going to go ahead and bet this, but at 30 and a half, I think we have to. Yeah, I agree 100%. Again, this is going to be one of the higher scoring games on uh, Friday night. And again, it looks like it, indicative of the line, what it is right now, that it should come down to the wire uh, in this game. And again, we talk about pure pace between these two teams. Aaron Fox is one of the fastest players and a matchup nightmare, um, you know, for any defensive player, like I mentioned. So expecting another big night from De'Aaron Fox. So we're going to go with De'Aaron Fox over 30 and a half points for our player prop best bet for the Friday night card. Sleepy, that is going to do it for this episode of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's dream preview. Hopefully we did find some more winners and we bounce back after uh, our picks um, not having a great day last week. But I think we did a really good job of breaking down the Friday card here in our best bets and giving our player prop best bet as well. But anything else you want to mention to our wonderful listeners before we uh, go our separate ways? Yeah, I um, I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. I hope everybody has a safe New Year's, uh, you know, do everything within uh, within reason and within moderation. Don't go out there doing anything stupid or crazy, getting yourself hurt or getting in any kind of trouble. Have a good New Year's. You know, it's 2023 has been a pretty good year for all of us here uh, at pregame.com and on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. So we're hoping to go ahead and keep that going. But Manaf, I am going to offer up a best bet, another best bet, a bonus best bet for 2023 Ooh. to close out the NBA podcast. Now, this one might come as a little bit of a shock to you guys. 
I want you to place money on an NFL bet. Brock Purdy, over 262 passing yards. And I also want you to go ahead and make a wager on Brock Purdy over one and a half touchdowns. Let me explain why. We all saw the game where he went out last week and threw four interceptions in a game. They said he was going to be the MVP before the game. And by halftime, Brock Purdy was no longer the MVP of the league. They are playing the Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders have the worst pass defense in the entire league. I'm telling you now that Shanahan will not let Purdy go into this playoff stretch with that on his mind. And there's still a chance where Lamar Jackson has a he has a tough game this week against Miami that he might not go out there and light it up. So if Purdy can go out and throw for 404 touchdowns, he's right back in that discussion saying, you know what, it's one game, it's a hiccup. And I think that Shanahan is going to let Purdy cook this week. 262, it's nowhere near high enough. I'm going to probably say he throws for 350 and four touchdowns. That's that's where I feel really comfortable um, going out here and saying that that's what he's going to do. So there's a best bet for this weekend for you guys in the NFL. So you guys can go 4-0 this weekend with Manoff and I's NBA best bet and two for me there in the NFL. So happy New Year to all you guys. I am writing that one down myself. Brock Purdy over on his passing yards and over on his touchdown passes going up against in a very, very favorable matchup here against the Washington Commanders. Like uh, Sleepy said, enjoy the holiday season. Be uh, responsible. Do everything in moderation. Uh, you know, spend time with your loved ones uh, and your family and bring in the new year. Um, and we'll be back next week. And when we talk to you, it will be the 2024 season. And Sleepy, we will be hopefully back to uh, two pods a week, if I, am I correct? Yep, that's the plan. Two pods starting back up here next week. Uh, again, it, it is the holiday season. It, it just gets really, really tough for me to go ahead and, and get all my work done. I actually did not get the dream pod up until like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So this time of year, it's difficult on everybody um, You know, in this industry, especially guys who are you know, pushing a lot of levers as I do. So um, it, it is a help for me to go ahead and be able to, you know, take off a couple little tasks here and there, maybe take a night off just to kind of recuperate and, you know, make sure that I'm okay for the rest of the week. So that's just me being sleepy and uh, I'll catch up on some sleep after, you know, after everything's all said and done with football season. There we go. We will talk to you guys in the 2024 year till then. Good luck with your bets and we'll talk to you guys down the road.